So today is uh, Vision Sunday or Mission Sunday. You have these cards that are sitting in your seat or every other seat, and it says uh, RCC 2013 Mission. And, it, and on the back it says, this is what I want to give. This is what I mean, what, I'm, what I want to do to be a part of the mission. I'll be talking about that a little later. But as, as I was preparing the talk, I was thinking, and we were singing this morning. We are singing of our mission this morning. And, and, and our mission as a church is to be a church that rescues and saves people. You know, the mission of River City Church is to be a church that rescues and saves people. And the reality is, is that we need to learn and we need to, to deal with this truth that we sang about also that when we are saying, you know, that, that Christ has conquered death. And in conquering death, he has made a way for us to participate in building his kingdom, being about what he is about, furthering his ministry, continuing what he started and, um, and, 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 and as a church, it's so important that we remember that as our mission. Because God did not plant us in Jacksonville among 1,800 other churches to do what all 1,800 other churches were doing. And they're doing great things. He has called us to do something separate. He has put us on a mission that is unique, very unique to any other church in Jacksonville. That's why we're here. And our mission is to rescue and save people. Not that other churches aren't doing that, but to rescue and save, to seek the least, the last, and the lost. When you look at the ministries of our church, the identity of our church becomes known. It says in our vision card out there, our vision is empowering people as they experience God to love each other and transform the world. Our expectation and our hope as people come into our church is that they're going to experience God's love. And as they experience God's love, as they're tra- they will be transformed by it. And as they're transformed by God's love, God will then send them into the world to rescue and save and to bring other people into God's transforming love. And that might be in our church. It might be in another church. Again, there's a lot of churches doing a lot of great things. But that's our vision. And what I want to talk about today is you being a part of that. What does it look like for you to be a part of that? Because I think that all of us would say, yeah, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that vision. But the, the, the thing is is that to be a part of God's mission, if it's in this church or any church, it requires us to be courageous. It requires us to be strong. It requires us to be obedient. Those are the three character traits or the three things that God encourages Joshua as he takes over leading the nation of Israel at Moses' death that I want to look at today. Early in the week, I was praying about what to speak on. You know, it's Christmas season, and my first year I was a pastor here. I spoke every week in December on Christmas theme, and got to Christmas Eve, I was like, crap, I got nothing, I got nothing left, and so I'm not speaking at all on Christmas, I'm going to let everyone else do that, and then on Christmas Eve, you'll get all that I got, but anyway, you know, but it's Christmas season, I was kind of struggling with this, and I started praying, the Lord is, I started, he said, just kind of led me to Joshua, and so um, I read the first chapter of Joshua, nothing, second chapter, third chapter, eight chapters later, uh, you know, Kind of, it kind of settles on me what the Lord wants to speak to us this morning. And those are the things that we see Joshua kind of champion that the Lord wants to speak to us about, I think. Is that in order to be a part of the mission that God's called us to individually and as a church, we need to be strong. We need to be courageous and we need to be obedient. And without those characteristics in our life, we might have heard a word from the Lord of something that he's called us to do individually and as a church. But it won't happen if we're not strong, we're not courageous, we're not obedient. We can hear very clearly and have purpose and have gifts and have calling in our life. But if we're not strong, we're not courageous, and we're not obedient, it won't happen. It won't matter if the Lord said it will happen. It won't happen in the way and the timing that he wants it to happen until we're strong, until we're courageous, until we're obedient. We're going to pick up in chapter 1. And, and, uh, and read chapter 1. I'm not going to read all eight chapters of Joshua, I promise. But I do want to start chapter 1 because it, it sets the tone for the whole story. Because what we're going to see is 
the result of Joshua's faithfulness when he is strong, courageous, and obedient. And then what happens whenever one Israelite, one Israelite gets his eyes off of God, off of God's purposes for his life, he's not strong, he's not courageous, and he disobeys. And the consequence of his disobedience is death. It's death for his family, and it's death for people in the nation of Israel as a result of him being disobedient. And what draws his eyes off the Lord is money. It's gold, it's silver, it's a nice piece of clothing. And so for many of us, as we're in this Christmas season, I thought, man, what a great reminder to all of us. In a season of being a consumer, is what the world wants right now, that we're called to be strong, courageous, and obedient. If we're going to be the church that God's called us to be. Let's read. This is Joshua 1, verses 1 to 3. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I have promised. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing for God to say. The first thing for God to say to you as a leader or a leader of a nation is, look, I got this for you. Every place that you step, I will have given to you. Emphasizing this whole kind of beginning thing is to say, look, I've done this. It has nothing to do with you, Joshua. I am going to provide for you. I'm going to take care of you. Everywhere you step, it will be given to you. I will give it to you. I mean, great entry. Okay, then it goes on to say this. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Again, just another great statement. If you're wondering, like, can I do the job? Is this in me? Do I have what it takes to be obedient to the mission of God? He hears, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. All of his life. From here on, no one will be able to handle what I'm going to give you to bring. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And again, Joshua saw Moses. Crazy things happened with Moses. Joshua would have, would have walked up the Mount Sinai, you know, part of the way to help Moses as you've got the Ten Commandments. Joshua would have, would have been there whenever the nation of, uh, of Israel was rescued from Egypt and there's pillars of fire and smoke. Joshua was one of the two faithful that went to scout the land out whenever they came to the promised land. They sent 12 dudes out, right? Ten of them came back and said, there's giants in the land. We can't do it. Joshua and Caleb were there and said, no, 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 no. We can do it. The Lord has promised this to us. We can do this. Were there two of the only adults, the two only adults in all of of Israel that get to see the promised land because of their faithfulness. So, so, So Joshua has seen a lot in the ministry of Moses, okay? And so God tells him this, you know, I will be with you the same way I was with Moses, Again, this is like a big ego boost. I mean, this is a good thing for Joshua, building him up. I will not leave you or forsake you. And then he says, for the first time of three times, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. For your obedience, as you're strong and courageous, Joshua, will cause all of the nation to receive the promises that Moses failed to give them. I mean, that is a powerful deal. I mean, again, what an awesome job description and invitation. I mean, it's like God's telling them, you're gonna succeed. People are gonna inherit this. No man will stand against you. I will not forsake you. I will not leave you. 
And then God says something interesting. I mean, and this is, again, this is what we're kind of rounding things up with today. Is that he says, be strong and courageous. And I read that the first time, and I thought, why? It doesn't sound like he needs to be strong and courageous. It sounds like a gimme. It kind of sounds like, a, I mean, if God says all these promises, I'm going to do this. It's my plan. I've given you this. No man's going to stand against you. That's kind of like, yeah. That's, that's like God's lobbing it up there for him. And why, in those circumstances, whenever it seems so easy, why would he tell him to be strong and courageous? It's just kind of interesting, I thought. You know, if he said, and the nations will triumph over you again and again, and your wife will be taken and beaten, you will lose everything. He might need to hear, be strong and courageous. Or, I will strike you down daily, but you're still called to lead the nation, so be strong and courageous. You know, or I will take your sons and throw them into the pit of fire. So be strong. But he doesn't say those things. If he would have said all negative things, I would expect the strong and courageous, right? But that's not what he says. He, he says all of these positive things, all of these assurances, all of these promises. And this isn't like, you know, mom and dad wishing little Johnny, hey, if you play hard, you're going to have victory here. And, you know, in the softball game, the baseball game, or the soccer game, whatever. It's, it, it, we're talking about the creator of the universe Telling him what's going to happen. I mean, it doesn't get, there's not a greater assurance than that. Yet he tells them, be strong and courageous. Why would Joshua need to be strong and courageous? Well, here's, God says it again to him with some more context. Only be strong and very courageous. He has very courageous here. Because this is the hard one. There's three times, and this is the piece that's hard for us. And hard for Joshua, and God knew it. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate, it, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then... You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So God's saying, Joshua, or Antley, or Lynn, or Ann. Joshua, your success and the success of my mission or the success of my nation hinges on your obeying me, not your strength, not your power, not your army. And doing what I say, Antley, doing what I say, Joshua, doing what I say, Sean, and doing what I say, when I say to do it, how I say to do it. If you obey me, you will fulfill the mission I have asked you to lead and to be a part of. And then you will prosper. As you obey my law, as you obey my commands, so then will you prosper. So then will you accomplish what I've set out for you. When it talks about doing these things here, and prosperous and good success. It has nothing to do with finances, nothing at all. It talks about the mission that God has called him to lead. Joshua, be strong and courageous in following my law for living, following my laws and the ways to stay holy, set apart from the rest of the nations. Be strong and courageous in following my commands in battle and everything, follow my way, for then... You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You know, it's often that we hear, we have a word from the Lord. I've been told, from, I have this word from the Lord. 
He's told me that I'm going to go do this. And we kind of just like, great. We hit the lazy boy. We recline like, bring it, Lord. I'm ready for you. Just do what you're going to do with me. Right? That's not what Joshua was showing us here. Joshua had a clear word from the Lord, a promise from the Lord, saying these things are going to happen. But how are they going to happen? Well, you need to be strong. You need to be courageous. And you need to obey me if you want to see them happening. Why wasn't Moses allowed into the promised land? Because he was almost 100% strong and courageous and obedient. But he was disobedient. And that's the story of the kings of every nation, of, of all the, of the nation of Israel. Every king up to a point was strong, courageous, and obedient. But all of them failed also. And it leads us to the perfect king, Jesus, the rescuer. That's kind of where all this heads in the Old Testament to the New Testament. But often we hear a word from the Lord. We hear instruction from the Lord. We read something in the Bible and we think, yes, this is a promise for me. Yes, this is a truth that I can build my life on. Yes, God wants to use me for this. But if we're not strong, if we're not courageous, and if we aren't obedient, it doesn't matter what the Lord has said. It will not happen. It won't happen. God's expectation is that we participate, that we co-labor with him is how the New Testament talks about it. And working out the things the Lord speaks to us. Now, is it still him who gives it to us? Absolutely. Is it still his power in our life? Absolutely. Is it still his promise to give? Yes, absolutely. But we have to work with him. Joshua's success as a leader and the success of Israel is determined by their obedience to following God's commands. Trusting that he will provide for them. Having faith in his ways having faith in his protection. Trust and faith. Trust and faith that God will take care of them is essential as they are becoming who God's called them to be individually for Joshua, but also for them to receive the promises and the blessings that were told to them by God as a nation. See, more than anything, God wants us to trust him with our life. God wants us to have faith that he'll protect us, that he'll provide for us, that he'll take care of us. More than anything, that's what he desires. He sacrificed his only son so that we would look to him and know that he loves us and that we would demonstrate our our faith in him by believing and obeying him when he asks us to. And so the the promises and the the points that, that God is making to Joshua are the same for us today. For us to become who God has called us to be individually and who God has called us, for us to succeed as the church in the mission that God has called us to, we have to learn to trust him, to have faith that he will take care of us. And so we have these mission cards out on our seats today. You know, I normally go through and tell you all the amazing ministries that are going on at River City Church. All the amazing things that God has told us that we will do. The things that we have done as a result of God's faithfulness. But everything that we have done has only happened. Every story that we ever tell, any testimony that you hear has happened because people in our church, you have been strong and you've been courageous and you've been obedient. That's the heart and the story of River City Church. That's what's powerful about River City Church is that there are folks in our church that God has spoken to, that God has said, hey, I want you to lead this Bible study. And so you step out and you 
Say, I'm going to do this, even though I don't feel capable of it. Or he's called you to be on the ministry team. Or he's called you to serve, you know, at the street corner. Or he's called you to, to start a medical clinic. And you said, yes, I will be strong. And it will take courage. But I want to be obedient. All the healing that's occurred in people's lives that have come to River City Church, the marriages that have been healed, the relationships and families that have been healed, the children that have been healed and rescued in our church, the amazing physical healings that we've seen in our church, all of them, all of them, every one of them are because somebody heard the Lord speak to them and they chose to be strong and courageous. And the result was that they were obedient to what the Lord said to them and he delivered on the promises that he gave them. All of this happens. All of it happens because of you. You are the identity of our church. And when you choose to be obedient, the amazing things that happen here will continue to happen here. But I'll say this, that there are still things done, left for River City Church to do. In no way are our best years behind us. Our best years as a church, our mission as a church is only growing but it will only grow even if the Lord has spoken to us and he has spoken amazing things over the things, you know, the people that our children will become, the leaders that our children will become, you know, the worship leaders, the dancers, the, the preachers that our, our youth will become. Th- those things have been spoken over our church prophetically again and again and again. Promises from the Lord that we believe that are true. How we will transform the, the community And District 9 has been spoken to us again and again. When I was in London eight years ago, people were telling me that we would be a healing church. Promises spoken over us. Again, we've seen some of that. But the promises over our children, over District 9, over the ministries that we have, they will not happen, folks. It doesn't matter if they're promised. They will not happen in our lifetime if we do not choose to be obedient. If we do not choose to be strong and courageous with the things that God has given us, he's entrusted us with. It doesn't, God doesn't snap his fingers and it just happens. It happens as we choose to obey the Lord. And, and, and God tells us to be strong and courageous. He tells Joshua, it will take you being strong and courageous. You know, I think the greatest thing that deters us from being obedient is fear. Fear, can, can I really trust God? with my children? Can I really trust God with my finances? Will the money run out? I mean, you heard Kit sharing that story that spoke of that, realizing, you know, in the midst of people who were in need, how much she works towards making sure that she's not. And we're all like that. We're all like that. Holding back just enough to where we can give just a little so they don't have to worry about running out. But that doesn't sound like strong and courageous giving to me. That doesn't really require courage. But God's calling us to obedience for us to become who God's called us to be. And that's why God says this. It's the third time he says be strong and courageous. He reminds him. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Yeah, we've heard it twice, God. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God's greatest encouragement is that he is always with us. The Lord tells us, 
do not fear. Don't fear. That's the number one command in Scripture. That's what he tells us more than anything. What he tells us, what he reminds us of is don't fear. Don't worry. And it's often followed up by, for I am with you always. You see, God knows that when we begin to worry, when we begin to fear, it shuts down our faith. It shuts down our willingness to trust him. And when our faith is shut down, we don't trust God, there's no way we're going to obey him. There's no way. It just won't happen. It's only when we trust God that we're, we're going to obey him. It's only when we really believe that he's going to take care of us that we're going to obey him. And so we see this story unfolding in the first chapter. But as the story goes on, the first thing that God does is super crazy miraculous. They get across the River Jordan in a crazy way. You can go read about it in chapter 2 and 3. But then they come to the first battle, the battle of Jericho. A familiar battle to, to us all, especially if you watch Veggie Tales. You were in Sunday school as a kid. You know, the battle of Jericho. And what's God, what's God trying to do? Build their faith so that they'll trust him. So they don't like go attack the, you know, the city walls, this massive city wall with spears and cannons and all this craziness and lightning doesn't rain down from the sky. This is what God says, okay, here's, here's your battle plan, Joshua. I want you to go and I want you to march around the city one time for the next six days. And no one can say a word. Do not make a peep. He says, make sure that you cannot be heard, Okay. I mean, imagine that. Just that alone would have been tough for me to be obedient in, just because I like to talk. But anyway, he says, don't make a word. March around one time for the first six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to wake up really early, and I want you to march around seven times. And on the seventh time, I want the trumpeters to blow their horns. And when they blow their horns, then, Joshua, I want you to tell everybody to scream as loud as they can. You know, Joshua's thinking, man, if it wasn't for Moses and all the things that I saw, if it wasn't for the way you got us over the Jordan, there's no way I'd be doing this. I mean, can you imagine? That's the craziest battle plan in the world. That's, that's not crazy. It's just stupid. Right? It just doesn't make any sense. But what God's, what's he trying to do? First of all, he's wanting everybody to know it's him that has the power. He's wanting the nation to learn to trust him. If they obey and do what he says, you'll trust me. And he wants them, and that's what God loves, is trust and faith. And so they do it. They walk around. What happens? They blow the horn. All right, scream. They scream, and the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. You know what I mean? There's a song. There's lots of songs about the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. You know, and that's, that's what happens. But the Lord goes on as he's instructing Joshua. He says, now, don't take anything. Don't take anything. I want you to burn everything in the city as an offering to me. It's our first battle I want you to burn everything in the city, unless you see gold, silver, bronze, or iron. If you see anything, any valuable, uh, anything of that value, I want you to take it and to put it in the Lord's treasury as part of the offering, okay, to build our treasury. And all of Israel did it. Everyone, I mean, everyone did it, except for one dude, one guy, Failed. What's he doing? He's looting. He's going, and he's not even looting. He's walking around. He's setting things on fire, and he sees a bar of gold. He sees 50 silver shekels, and he takes them. Oh, and he sees a, a sweet cloak, nice piece of clothing, 
Nice piece of clothing. Nice piece of clothing. So he takes the cloak, he takes the gold, he takes the silver, all of which the Lord wanted him to either burn or give to the temple offering. He takes it for himself. He withholds from the Lord what he's deserved. He withholds from the Lord. He's not courageous. He's not strong. He's not obedient. And what happens? Joshua, not knowing that he had taken those things, sent some scouts up to Ai, this city called Ai. And he says, he scattered out as a small city. So he said, hey, take two, two to 3,000 of our men and go up there. Right? We're going to destroy this little city really quickly. So they take two or 3,000 men and, and they get killed. 37 men get killed. 37 Israelites get killed. And this little teeny town just overtakes this powerful nation that God is with because of the disobedience of one person. There was death for 37. You see, God, his desire is for us to be 100% obedient in every area of our life. And when we choose to live life on our own terms, when we choose to live life and hold things back from God that God desires, when we are disobedient, people die. Dang, Ailey, that is so harsh. You said his visitors here today. They're not coming back now. Thanks for nothing. All my hard work. Down the toilet. (sighs) But that's what we see. That's what we read. 37 Israelites died because of the disobedience of one. And then what happens to Achan? Achan's whole family is taken up to a place where they're stoned and burned. His donkeys, his camels, all his possessions, everything are killed as a result of his disobedience. I mean, that does seem kind of harsh, doesn't it? But when we disobey God and his plans for us, people die. The Bible says the consequence for our disobedience is death. The wage of our sin is death. And as God looked at the nation of Israel and he saw them fail again and again and again, and he was awkward this first time, this dude and his family failed the first time, but as we look at even the kings of Israel, like I said, they failed again and again and again. He saw them, had compassion on them, and he said, I will send my son to pay the price once and for all, to suffer the death that we deserve because of our disobedience. And then maybe, just then maybe, my children will trust me. Just then maybe, they'll be strong and courageous. Just then maybe, they'll choose to be obedient. And when they won't, and when we can't, my grace and my mercy will make up the difference. You see, the beauty of God's plan for us is to believe, is to believe this reality that we too have a mission The mission that Jesus was on was to seek and to save the lost. The mission that Jesus came to fulfill in his father was to die for our sin, to die for our disobedience, knowing that we could not always perfectly fulfill the law. So Jesus comes on the scene and it says that he fulfilled the law in every way, perfectly obeyed God every step of the way, knowing that we couldn't. And so now under his grace, under his love, we too are invited 
into the mission that Jesus was on, and that was to seek and to save the lost. It says the thief comes only to kill and destroy. This is Jesus speaking in John 10. But I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. God placed us here to save people. God started River City Church to rescue people, to help people find life. People whose marriages are dying, people whose families are suffering, people who are in poverty, people who need healing emotionally, spiritually, and physically. We are here to bring life where the enemy has come trying to bring death, trying to steal people of life or steal life from people. And we have been promised, like Joshua, that God is with us, that he will provide for us. But we still are required to be strong, to be courageous in the way that we live, to choose to be obedient and believe these things about who we are. That we can have all the promises and believe all the promises of the New Testament, believe that they're there. We can have the Lord speak to us these truths. But if we are not obedient, if we are not courageous, if we are not strong in how we live and how we give, we will fail in the purpose that God has created us for individually. You know, it took, after the death of Moses, Joshua, his training succeeded him in leading and building God's kingdom here on earth. It took Moses' death to create the opportunity for Joshua to lead, for Joshua to learn to trust God and become who God called him to be and to do the things that God called him to do. In the same way, Christ has died. He has conquered death. Christ has died to make a way for us to step into the leadership he's called us to, to continue the work that he's begun, which is the same work that Joshua did, the same work that King David did, the same work that Abraham did, the same work that all the kings and the nations of Israel have been about. And that is building the kingdom of God, bringing people into blessing to experience life to the full as the enemy comes to steal, comes to kill and destroy. The mission of River City Church is to bring life and to bring love and to bring rescue to people. In order for us to do this, though, we have to be strong and courageous. We need to be obedient in the way that we live and the way that we give. It just won't happen. It will only happen as we choose together to participate, to step out together as a church family to accomplish the mission that God has for us. And just like Joshua, it's a give me, folks. As we're obedient, this is a give me. This is a done deal. The same promises and more have been given to us. The Spirit lives in us. The power of God resides in us. The kingdom of God, Jesus says, is within us. All we have to do is trust God. All we have to do is be obedient. All we have to do is be strong and courageous as a family. And we will transform Jacksonville. We will have families that are transformed. That's our mission. It's an exciting one. It's so fun. It's so fun. And so what we're going to do right now is we want you to be a part of this mission. And one of the ways, again, this is the second of two giving Sundays. If you're a visitor, you don't have to participate unless you're on fire right now. You're like, I want to be a part of the mission. Then you can. But we're going to have a song where you can pray for your spouse. Think We've done this a few weeks ago if you've been praying and thinking about it. We would love for you to pledge, not just give. We want you to pledge because a pledge demonstrates that I'm in. I'm committed. I'm with you. And we want your pledge to reflect, and only you know what the number is. I'm not going to talk about percentages. I'm not going to talk about anything. This is between you and God being led by the Spirit. What is God leading you to give? The question, the filter to this morning is, what is going to require me to be strong and courageous? What 
in my giving look strong and courageous? What in my giving, the way that I live, the way that I give, demonstrates that I want to be obedient? And the only way you can be obedient is if the Lord tells you and speaks to you about what you should give. And so again, this is individual. I never want to motivate people with guilt. I never want to motivate people with shame. We believe that as we're obedient in every area of our life, including our giving, that there is great blessing for us. That we get to be who God's created us to be. And our faith increases. Our trust increases. And life becomes fun. Not relying on what's in the bank account, but relying on what's who God is. And that I know that he's with us. And so right now, if you have a pledge card, there's a pen there. We'd love for you to consider being a part of the mission that God's called us to. And not only with your finances, but today that's what we're going we're gonna to fill out this card. But continue to pray about what does it look like for me to participate in the mission that God has called us to as a church. And the way that I serve, not only the way that I give. So we have these cards. We have extra cards if you need them. We have extra pens if you need them. Just raise your hand. We're going to have some music, about three or four minutes for you to just pray, listen to the Holy Spirit, and then pledge. And again, if you pledge, just so you know, we're not coming after you. I promise. If something happens, you can't fulfill your pledge. That's okay. Just let us know. We would rather you risk. We'd rather you step out. We'd rather you write down a number that you feel like God is putting on your heart and, and that you might not have a solution for. And trust the Lord in that way. Be obedient in that way. Then hedge your bets. Then hedge your bets. Again, we love you. We're in this together. And there'll be people who pledge a little that God brings. And they'll pledge a lot more and they'll give a lot more. And there'll be people who give a lot. And if something happens with their financial situation, they can't fulfill their pledge. But as a family, God's given us all the money we need. It's just, it's in your bank account. It's in your pockets this morning. And we'd love for you to listen to the Lord and give in his direction at River City Church. So right now, we'll give you some time to do that. Father, we just invite you to come now through the power of your spirit to speak to us, to lead us in this time. Anybody who's visiting, Lord, we just pray that you'd just release them from any burden that they might feel or obligation. We want them to just participate this morning in being part of our family. We thank you for the mission that you've called us to as a church. We thank you for the life that you've used us to bring. But we pray that you would call us to even greater things, more healing, more powerful things in our community more life-giving opportunities, more rescue stories. Just come, Lord, and speak to us now as we consider the finances that you've trusted us with, that we would give them back to you for your glory and for your kingdom. Amen.
stand. In response, um, we're going to have an offering now. And again, we'd love for you to participate in this as our church family. Um, we'll have ushers on the, on the sides of the church. We're going uh, to sing a song in, in response. And uh, we'll also have our square uh, that you can give with your credit card on the side and also in the foyer. And if you're not ready, if you feel like, God, you want to pray about this more, uh, that's great. This is for 2013. You can take this home and pray about it with your spouse or your roommates or whoever. Your, 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 uh, I probably shouldn't have said that. But anyway, you know, just pray about it. Just take it home and pray about it. Um, but right now we're going to respond. And uh, again, just be clear that, that we know a lot of people have been dinged up by the church when it comes to your finances and it comes to giving. And, and we know that God's going to take care of us. He always has. Uh, this has been our best year of giving ever. We went from a $1.1 million budget this year over $1.3 million, $1.35 million came in. And our budget for 2013 is 1.5, which is a 13% increase. And potentially the worst economic year that we've ever had as a church. And so God has been faithful to River City Church. And, and so don't give out of obligation or because you feel burdened in a negative way, but give out of it because this is your family. And you're excited and God's leading you into this. Father, we just pray now that as people respond to you, any guilt, any shame, again, that you just take that away. We know that's from the enemy. We pray that you bring healing in this area of people's hearts today as they desire to worship you and be obedient to you with their finances. Just come, Holy Spirit, and lead us in this time of response. Amen. Following this, we'll come into ministry. So if you like prayer ministry after you give, you can come forward here and we'll pray for you.